Welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. The freeze on live events due to the COVID-19 pandemic has forced many meeting planners to get more comfortable creating digital gatherings. Now, professionals who'd never joined a Zoom call before have become savvy with creating webcasts, online networking gatherings, and virtual training sessions. As live events slowly and sometimes haltingly return, these same planners have an opportunity to tap into the best of both in-person and virtual events by embracing hybrid. I'm Alex Palmer, Deputy Editor of North Star Meetings Group, and today on Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals, we speak with a pair of hybrid meeting experts about best practices for hybrid events. They discuss how to engage each audience in distinct ways, how to leverage the venue and sponsor partners to enhance the experience for all involved, and why the future is hybrid. Companies are starting to think beyond 2020, and they're asking, how are they going to get back to in-person events? And that sense of immediacy or that wow factor that comes from having a big spectacle, how are they going to get back to that competitive advantage that they have from in-person sales and partnership meetings? And then how are they going to take advantage of these new virtual events and the cost efficiencies and the exponential reach that they're getting from those in some cases right now? The answer to all of that is hybrid. That's Alex Patrickwin, founder and CEO of events management platform EventGeek, which works with companies like Salesforce and Honda to automate the process of planning and producing these events. And it's really a combination of the best of both worlds, in-person and virtual. It's combining the efficiency and the immediacy. And that's why we're seeing all events being planned now as being hybrid by default. It's really a new world. All the events in the world going forward are going to be hybrid. I mean, hybrid, it means different things to different companies, right? So if you're thinking about what kind of balance do you want to strike as an enterprise marketing leader, you know, where are you going to go virtual? Where are you going to go in person? You know, if you have a a single event, that's a question. If you have a whole portfolio of hundreds of events, that's a question that you need to think about a little bit more strategically. If you take a look at like trade shows, for example, Trade shows are the biggest segment of the events industry. The trade show has been a really durable model, but it's old. It's a relic of the 19th century, actually. And companies are are now leaning into this, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to continue to maintain or continue to grow in a post-COVID world. It's bigger than any one company. I mean, this is a half-trillion-dollar industry, the events industry. It's lasted over 150 years in its kind of current format. But, you know, change was kind of in the wings, right? There's a lot of people talking about digital transformation, and suddenly that's all happening very quickly. Yeah, the coronavirus has obviously forced a lot of people who maybe just had dabbled in this are now becoming experts at virtual events and seeing the advantages, the the benefits of incorporating virtual into live events. You see this as a real long-term change we can expect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a long-term change that's already here. The leading companies, they're getting ahead of their competition, they're locking up the best venues for doing hybrid events. The game has already started. We're just going to see the acceleration of the, the innovators and the adapters 
What would you say are the challenges of holding a hybrid event? Obviously, now the biggest challenge for everybody is the health concerns and making sure their attendees are safe. If we even set aside that and talk about doing a virtual or a live event, when you're trying to do something that does both, how do you manage that? How do you make sure that you're able to speak to both audiences? So I think speaking to to both audiences is key, right? So Hybrid events, they really weave together a virtual and in-person experience in a single event. It's like planning two events in one. And there's just a lot more to do. There's a lot more coordination of schedules and technology. So understanding the boundaries and the right event technology for the job, you know, every event is different. There's different types of events. There's different types of event strategies. Companies have different goals and objectives, and they'll select events to meet those goals. If you're doing a hybrid event, it's it's really two events in one, and then thinking about virtual first, because that's more of a challenge. Technical production is another part of that. So it's not just what software are we going to use to integrate the data and deliver the great experience, but what's the content look like? And how is the technical production aspects going to work? And another area where event managers and marketers may not have as much depth as some folks from the television and advertising and agency world. You've got to weave together these two experiences. They've got to stand on their own and both be special. And you're kind of doing two events in one. So getting an event technology capability and a technical production capability are key. You mentioned going virtual first. I imagine that's probably the area where folks are watching from home or joining remotely that they're going to be the most likely to be distracted or to not engage with with an event. What are some ways to keep a virtual attendee engaged with the live event? That's a big challenge right now. Everything is virtual right now and probably for the rest of 2020. And the registration numbers are really impressive. They're exponentially higher than what companies might have gotten for an in-person version of that event. But where's the engagement, right? So that's that's a big question for virtual and, and an opportunity for the industry and uh, for the innovators to figure out. When thinking about going virtual first, I think it's important not to just create an imitation of an in-person event. So just, you know, kind of having a picture of a trade show floor is probably not going to be that engaging. Having a, a virtual first mentality is about thinking how to really use the the technology of the virtual attendee to create a compelling and ideally personalized experience. That's a big opportunity for virtual first and for engaging uh, attendees. Also, I think we just need to recognize the reality of a remote attendee is just not going to have the same level of attention span. And so crafting content with that in mind is is also important. Mm-hmm. What would you say a successful hybrid event looks like? What are the criteria for success and how does that differ from when you're doing each on its own? When you're doing hybrid events and, and each on its own, you're Fundamentally going after the same goals and objectives. For us at EventGeek, our customers are enterprise marketing teams. And so they have objectives that that fit into a larger context of branding and of uh, demand generation. And the technology and the events, they're just uh, means to end. So the, the highest level objectives are still the same. And that's really the challenge is figuring out how do we continue to hit those objectives in this post-COVID world. 
the in-person metrics that we know, like registration and check-in, those translate more, I think, to engagement in the virtual world. So maybe registration isn't the best metric for a virtual event, but more like time spent. I mean, fundamentally, everything about engagement boils down to time spent. And if you can get tracking on that and even time spent in an active window, when someone's actively engaged on a screen, that I think is the kind of universal metric that any marketer can look to as a a virtual engagement metric that matters. Do you have any examples of successful hybrid events that either Event Geek has created itself or others that you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, a quite a few excellent case studies that are really valuable for event managers and marketers thinking about how they're going to adapt to this new hybrid game. One's actually from last year. So you know, hy- hybrid has been around as a concept for a while, and there's some companies that have done it really well. Apple last year had a special event where they unveiled the iPhone 11. And this was the iPhone with the three little cameras on it. This was uh, at the Steve Jobs Theater, one of the first events there, totally state-of-the-art venue. And the production team created a, a separate experience for the virtual attendees using a whole bunch of cameras strategically placed around the Steve Jobs Theater. And they were able to get a lot more exclusive and close-up looks at Tim Cook demoing the new iPhone. And that translated into a much more intimate experience for the virtual attendees. They were getting a a much uh, more personal look at the user experience of the new iPhone. So that's one example that is kind of pre-COVID where there was excellent use of uh, hybrid strategy. One more recently was from last month, the Snapchat Partner Summit. Snapchat's an incredible company, very forward-thinking, really innovative use at augmented reality and virtual reality at this event. They had speakers standing in front of really elaborate video screen sets that would uh, adapt to the speaker's presentation. We've seen that before in in in-person events, but virtual attendees got to experience that not uh, with a bunch of rows of attendees sitting in front of the stage, but in a totally different virtual world. And so uh, presentation content would be about being at the beach or in outer space, and that would be the experience of the virtual attendee, going beyond what just the in-person attendees would see. They also released a new feature to the Snapchat app, which lets creators create augmented reality content. And so attendees at the event were able to walk around and create incredible things like 3D color wheels spinning on the venue walls and lots of great stuff like that. If you haven't seen the the video from the Snapchat Partner Summit last month, check it out. It's a, a whole bunch of exclusive and special experiences that are tuned to the different sets of uh, audiences, uh, the, the in-person and the virtual. One last example that I think is, is really compelling is coming up in October at the Frankfurt Book Fair. And I really am seeing this as being a great template and a great event to learn from for hybrid events in the future. So this is a large-scale event. It's the biggest book publishing event in the world. You have book publishers and agents that would typically come from all over the world. And then you have famous authors there who are hoping to get their books published and new authors who are looking for book deals. It's a lot of meetings and there's a really innovative use of tiered access happening at this year's Frankfurt Book Fair where there's private and public sessions and meetings that are happening with remote and in-person attendees. So it's this, this mix up 
between in-person and remote using meeting technology that I think is going to result in a lot of great books getting published as a result of this, this innovative approach. It's really like planning two events in one. There's a lot more to do. For most event managers, it makes sense to think virtual first and get an event technologist and a technical producer on board. And last but not least, the you know venue matters. It's you still got to find a great venue and, and test the internet. That's a great point. The venue is—is is it really about just getting there ahead of time, making sure they really know the capabilities of that venue uh, prior to the event? Ideally, yeah. Ideally, you could visit in person, but you know a lot of venues are now offering a remote tours. Internet is kind of table stakes; it needs to be rock solid, four G or ideally five G. I would say really excellent. Uh, track record with audiovisual use, innovative use of audiovisual, and now we're seeing the the most innovative venues offer kind of an immersive experience where they can put screens around the the stage and, and around the venue so that the remote attendees actually the virtual folks at home feel like they're there and they're in the room and they can even interact with in person attendees and speakers. I wonder if we're going to start seeing more of that venues that are actually tailoring their offerings to the virtual audience at at home. I think so. I, we're seeing all of the the leading companies starting to think beyond 2020, booking the best venues. So there's going to be demand for that for redesigning venues to to meet the high technical standards of hybrid events. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Alex, for taking the time to chat. This was a lot of good stuff to think about, and I'm sure we'll be discussing it further in the months ahead. That sounds great. Thank you, Alex. Next, we speak with Ashanti Bentaldu, founder and director of EventMind, a virtual and hybrid event production company that leverages tech tools to enhance events of all kinds. Here, she shares her tips for putting on a successful hybrid event and the four key elements she says are vital to the success of any hybrid gathering. We're really creative about the content that we advise streaming, for example, and how you make people in the room feel, especially right now where you have to have less people in the room, and how you can almost bring your online audience, not only in that moment when maybe you're streaming live, but let's say you want to get maximum value for that content and retarget people with that content later when it's recorded. You know, these are the possibilities that hybrid events now present, especially if you're on the venue side and you're trying to figure out how are we going to get footflow maybe or more bookings, understanding how you can create things like content studios within your spaces is crucial now to being able to stay relevant and provide a service for your clients. Are you seeing venues that are maybe enhancing their offerings so that they can accommodate more virtual hybrid? The short answer is yes. I think the venues who have the budget have invested in things like AV equipment and production, etc. Even though the ones that have, there's still um, a gap in their understanding and knowledge about how that really fits into the hybrid event setting. So there's still some work we're seeing to be done in terms of training venue teams and helping them understand what the true possibilities are, what the actual suite of services are that you can offer to your clients so that you can keep them if they're existing ones and also win some other clients. Because I think as we move forward, it's going to be the venues who understand, you know, what their clients are trying to achieve, maybe on more limited budgets as well. So I think where in the past, maybe venues you'd have 
a sales manager who literally is just focused on the sale, right? And maybe the physical things in the venue, they need to have an understanding now of, you know, what other benefits the client might want to get from using their space. It's a broader concerns they need to be addressing. Yeah, it has to be very consultative. It needs to be more holistic. And as I say, it needs to understand and take into account that bigger picture now. It's not just a conference that's going to happen for that number of people in that room. Now there are the other considerations of, you know, what virtual experiences clients might be trying to offer before, during and after the event takes place in that venue. What would you say is sort of some hallmarks of an effective hybrid event? One of the things you can do is create these content experiences so for example kind of adorn and do up your physical room right and create a set or an experience that people would love to visit much less we have some of these famous cafes in london which have the beautiful luscious blooms of flowers all on the exterior walls of the cafe and you'll find lots of influencers and people who visit london they literally go to these places just to take a picture for their social media now, venues should consider not necessarily adorning with full blooms, but you want to create an atmosphere, an environment in that space that not only do the people in the room want to be in, but the people watching who may be watching via stream think, that's a place I'd love to go to, or I wish I was there as well. So from the venue point of view, use it as a marketing tool and strategy. In fact, I encourage venues to be hosting their own hybrid events. This is an opportunity for venues not only to rely on clients who are going to run events, but maybe from a marketing point of view, create your own event so that you can actively demonstrate to clients and other visitors what your venue can do when it comes to hybrid events. We've seen a great events company up in the north of um, England who, of course, they've been heavily hit by COVID and they had headquarter offices. Now what they've done during the COVID period is they've turned some of those rooms into content studios and started producing content. So not only do they get to stay connected to their community and clients because of the content itself, they're actively showing them, Yeah, they're doing that active marketing piece. You can come and use our space or this is how you could use a space, okay? to um, you know, deliver and execute a hybrid event. Some clients, again, they may not even be aware of what the possibilities are now in terms of if there are social distancing, how can we use this venue for maximum benefit for us and not just on this one day? It's really rethinking how you're using an event space. What are the kind of questions then, folks that are making speaking to venues? What are the things they should look for? We know one of the basic things is good Wi-Fi, right? Everyone's been relying on Wi-Fi throughout COVID, and that cannot be underestimated. You know, you need superb Wi-Fi now, for starters. Secondly, it's also what tech support, if any, the venue provides. Not all clients, ironically, understand the tech and how it can be used, especially when something goes wrong. Thirdly, I would say it's really about, I don't, um, I guess I'm not encouraging venues to go and literally build and set up content studios. It can be something as simple as, as I say, a well-designed, well-lit, adorned room 
that allows for some cameras to be in there, that allows for some tripods, some stands that can be used maybe to stream content on social media or at the very least record content that can be used later on. So I would say it's more about flexibility. And, you know, you'll have various clients. Some clients might require a, a kind of set up studio and others may not. They may be happy, you know, just using a certain scene in a hotel. Maybe the lobby is beautiful or maybe they've got a particular, you know, patio or balcony area that is particularly, you know, picturesque. So top-notch content is obviously key for engaging the folks back home, the, the remote people that are watching, that are, you know, dialing in. How do you sort of create the, the connection between those two sides so that you're reminding the live people that you've got these remote people and, you, and the remote people feel like they're connecting? That's a big barrier. You know, interaction, engagement is always a challenge, isn't it? You know, it's always a challenge whether you're in person, virtual or hybrid. How do you keep people's attention? How do you get them to engage with your content? And how do you get them then to maybe even share your content with other people? So I think one of the things that are really important is a lot of the pre-work, sort of pre-marketing activity that happens before the hybrid event. Um, Making sure, certainly when it comes to your virtual guests, they know how to log in making sure they have the options to create their own schedule as well. You know, we've seen the rise in the virtual event world of people being able to customize their own content schedule, right? You know, you'll see three tracks of content. And as a visitor, I'm able to choose what parts, pick and mix, what parts I'd like to engage in. And then, you know, we see some great ideas in terms of running contests and polls, running using quizzes, for example, to the run-up of the event, there are ways of making it appropriate for maybe your particular industry or sector. But engaging your remote viewers when the event is actually happening, you know, making sure you break up the sessions, you maybe include some lighter entertainment, or you make sure you have a moderator or a host. Things like that can break up the learning experience if it's a kind of educational event, um, and even if it's more of a social one. You know, try and tap into and engage with all of the senses if you can. And when you do that, you're better able um, to keep your engagement levels at a decent level or at least one that is satisfactory for you. We have what we call a virtual profit framework at EventMind. And this is a framework we follow every time we create an event for a client. And so the four elements that are really key, because sometimes this question comes up quite a lot and people wonder, what can be done but there are some key things you can always look at four key things if you look at these four key things you can't really go wrong the first one is content which is obvious but you need to have some content to engage people to attract people and that content needs to be relevant number one to that audience and where possible personalized the second element of that framework is community Try and always either create community in your visitors before the event, during the event, and maybe even after, or leverage existing communities. So maybe as an event organizer or a company, think about the adjacent and parallel communities that would benefit from your content and try and leverage those communities, try and contribute to those communities so that you can create this kind of collaborative atmosphere. Viewers, visitors, whether they're remote or in person, need to feel a part of something. And that is why the third point in our framework is always collaboration. How can you collaborate with speakers, with your visitors, with your guests? How can all of those parties collaborate with each other 
before, during and after an event. And then the last one is about being creative, right? You know, you can send out maybe physical cocktail kits or activity kits to your guests who are logging in remotely in advance. Or maybe you do want to go down the virtual goodie bag swag bag route where they've been able to customize some gifts or you know interesting content for themselves and that allows you obviously to collaborate with your sponsors so those four things if you keep them in mind you can create hybrid experiences that both the people in the room and then the people who might be streaming the content will engage in and enjoy that seems like good rules of the road when you're talking about both if it was pure virtual or hybrid. Yeah. And it's hard work. You know, sometimes we get a lot of questions, you know, people sometimes they expect virtual to be easier. They expect virtual to be cheaper. It's not necessarily always the case. You still need that kind of event design lens to be able to pull off a good virtual or hybrid event. I've heard folks say that putting on one of these events, it's sort of putting on two events simultaneously in a way. Is, is that true? I think the logistics often for a physical in-person event are slightly more different, you know, slightly different to a virtual. And it can, it can probably feel like double the work, probably more so. So it is one continuous event because to get the best from a hybrid event, you really do need to embed and intertwine the virtual with the in-person for it to be successful. You don't want your virtual remote, you know, um, attendees to feel like they're having a completely separate experience to the people in the room, although they are very much aware they're not in the room. You don't want to feel like they've been shortchanged or, yes, their, their experience is somewhat second rate. So it is. it should be viewed as one event and planned as such, but I guess inevitably... It can be double the work because depending on how big your team is, you are managing the physical logistics as well as the virtual ones. It's about really leveraging both experiences to create more community and obviously to maximize your return on investment. That's great. Well, excellent. Thanks so much, Ashanti. I think that that is a lot to think about. And I'm sure we're going to continue, you know, as, as more planners are looking at this as, as an option. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.